It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and with the recent news coming out about the Pac-12 and the Big Ten canceling their upcoming seasons, could we see a player from one of those conferences come down to College Station this upcoming year with the NCAA granting them a waiver? Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything I can do to help make this show better on a weekly basis, I am more than willing to take your considerations at all times. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man related content found here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live on LockedOnPodcast.com. So, as we heard earlier this week, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 made their shocking, yet also unshocking decision on Tuesday afternoon to suspend the season this upcoming year. Now, again, what this means is there will be a college football season for those two conferences, but neither will take place until the 2021 spring. There's a lot of different things and a lot of different moving pieces with that. The biggest thing that I look at when you see that is you're talking about two conferences playing 22 games in a 12-month calendar year. That's how that's going to go down. That's not going to happen. I just don't see that happening. I don't see with players looking to possibly declare for the NFL draft, looking to take that next step, For them to be able to stay healthy and maintain their seniority, maintain their academic eligibility for a year. For them to want to play in the spring, only to have to do a quick turnaround less than four months later and do it all again 12 weeks in the fall. It it does not make sense. But Texas A&M and the SEC both have come out and said we will be having a season up to this point. Now again... Everything can change in a matter of moments. This is not something that is just going to be, oh, okay, well, the SEC says it on August 5th, so we're going to have a season on September 26th. No, that that's not the case. Every single day, there will be another moving entity that will give us more information on if A&M or the SEC or the Big 12 or the ACC, for that matter, will have an upcoming year. Anything can change. A huge spike in certain cities could limit A&M. So say in College Station, there's a huge spike. They could have to move A&M to a different location just to have a season this year. Kind of like what we're seeing with the Toronto Blue Jays in baseball. If you're not following that, Toronto is playing their home games at their minor league stadium in Buffalo, New York. They're not playing at Rogers Center. They're playing in the United States. So if there's a huge spike in, say, Starkville, Mississippi, they're going to have to find a location. Maybe Jackson, maybe Meridian, maybe they go to Alabama, uh, where UAB plays, in Birmingham. They're going to have to find a location for this conference to play. Or they could just shut it down and follow protocol just like every other team. But Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork came out and spoke about the optimism for playing this year. You know, the biggest thing he's talked about is hope. 
There's not a lot of yeses and nos and 100% guarantees going into 2020, but there's a lot of hope going into 2020 for the potential future of AM success. So here was what Bjork said earlier today on the recent news of how to plan moving forward. Hope can be a strategy. People say, well, hope's not. It almost has to be in the case a little bit because we have to be optimistic. But you also have to confront the brutal facts. We've said that in our athletic department meetings is, hey, we want to have the belief that there's a pathway forward, but we also have to confront the brutal realities too. So I think you have to have to really combine both, but optimism is based on the plan. It's based on the data. You have realities and the realities are we can have good protocols in place. You can still be hopeful. You can still be giddy. That's a word right there. We're giddy when we announced that our football opponents last week. Some people were, some people weren't, but at least you had some good news. You were hearing some refreshing that we could do this. We're moving forward. So there's a piece, you know, we released the uniforms. That's a good thing. So you think that there's a little bit of hope, but you also have to have the backup of planning and the process and the diligence and the input of all kinds of experts. That is what we've tried to do is stay informed with all that info and then you can sprinkle in the hope piece and I think the combination allows you to have that confidence. So again, basically what he's saying is it's okay to keep your hopes up, but you have to see it as a reality. It's a good thing that Greg Sankey and the ACC commissioner and uh, Bob Bergen, I think that's how you say his name, for the Big 12, all came out and said, we're going to have a season. We're not going to allow this to affect our season. And we're going to contend for a national title in 2020 because this is what we signed up for. But there's always that concern. So A&M released their brand new uniforms. I like them. If you haven't seen them, go on to 12thman.com. They're on the very first page. They're a headliner. They're very nice. They're very clean. They're very cut. And they're very promising to bring in a new era to college football and to college station. But again, that may just be a promise for the future of AM. It doesn't mean the future is now. It means the future is the future. And I think that's what you look at with all these other conferences. I applaud what the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12 are doing, releasing their schedules, keeping a stalemate, staying strong, saying that this is going to happen. And the season kicks off in over a month. So we have roughly about 40 days to see if there's going to be a season or not. And if so, guess what? It's a really good sign that we follow protocol. Everyone who's trying to make it in sports or make it in the football season this year has done their diligence, stayed strong, and is being rewarded by having zero tested positive cases of COVID-19 And when they get back on that plane that night after playing an opponent, there's still going to be zero positive tested cases of COVID-19. They're going to be zero. And it's just going to allow you to continue to have a season. So while the Big Ten and while the Pac-12 maybe want to sit at home, some of their players may want to say, you know what? No, we signed up to play this year and I have an NFL draft journey that I got to get ready for. I have, I'm a fringe first rounder. I got to make sure that I'm in that first round conversation. So in that case... Who's some names that College Station could pick up the phone if the NCAA allows a waiver for these players to transfer? There's a couple big names, but let's just go with five. 
There's five names, definitely, that can fit the mold here for Texas A&M in 2020. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams every single day? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports teams for your listening ears, plus every team covered in the NHL, NBA, NFL, MLB, and highlight information that gets you ready for fantasy sports season. Your draft coming up very soon. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live here every single day. Every single day is Locked On Podcast Day here on LockedOnPodcast.com. So I already said this, Texas A&M, they're a really talented program. They're going to come in starting the year as one of six SEC teams in the top 15 rankings. Don't get me wrong, they are the sixth team at number 13, but six in the SEC. Do you know how good you have to be in the SEC to not only be a good team, but then you have to be so good, you're a top 15 program. That's where AM sits this year, but there's always room for improvement. And if there's one thing we can take away, it's you can always enter the transfer portal. Now, sometimes you're lucky and sometimes you play a position, quarterback, I'm just going to come out and say it that will allow you to immediately play. But this is a really weird stipulation. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten decided to cancel their football seasons. That's fine. I totally get that. I understand any conference or any person who wants to cancel their season. But players should have the option to either opt in or opt out. And we've seen that. We've seen Purdue's Rondell Moore. We've seen Minnesota's Rashad Bateman. We've seen the top linebacker, maybe the top defensive player in this year's draft class, and Micah Parsons from Penn State, all opt out. There's nothing wrong with opting out. Virginia Tech's Caleb Farley. His Hokies are going to play this year. You know who's not going to be playing? Farley. He's got to hope, fairly, my bad, he's got to hope that his draft stock stays in that top 20 range. He's a top 20 player, but here's how you know that it could fluctuate down or up if the NCAA was able to allow immediate waivers to transfers for players eligible for the NFL draft now that doesn't always mean that they're going to leave their system but it does mean that they have that option and if that's the case who'd want to come to Texas A&M I got five names five names who would easily be able to come in and compete right away for Texas A&M so let's just start this off who's number five Walker Little Stanford offensive tackle. You got to appreciate AM returning for their five offensive linemen starters. I have no problem with that. But you also have to admit that the offensive line was one of the bigger faults last year with the team on offense. They allowed over 35 pressures, they allowed 33 sacks. They consistently were letting Kellen Mond slip away from their protection. Their rushing offense had its moments of greatness, and it's had its moments of just kind of mediocrity. Let's just be real about that. Walker Little has been a standout left tackle prospect for the Cardinal for the last two years, and really three years. He was there when Bryce Love was starting to make a name for himself. He's a freshman, don't get me wrong, but he's had time to develop. He's a player who's that fringe first-round guy. A lot of people kind of view him as they viewed Austin Jackson from USC last year. So think about this. Austin Jackson comes back for 
one more year at USC. He plays adamantly. Not great. Not standout. But adamantly. Top 20 pick in this year's NFL draft. He's going to play right tackle for the Miami Dolphins, which is for their system a left tackle because Tua Tagovailoa is left-handed. You get a versatile offensive lineman like Little who does not have a season. Where does he go? Round three? Round four? Yeah, it's a steal for, for a team. Is it a steal for the organization? Absolutely. Is it a steal for the player? No. They're losing out on millions of dollars that way. You can have him compete on either side of that offensive line, and he would immediately make an impact somewhere for that roster. A&M at least has to add some competition to this roster on the offensive line. You can't just say immediately, Carson Green, Ryan McCollum, oh yeah, you guys had a good year last year? Come on back. You guys are automatically starting. No questions asked. Good for you. You know, Kellen Mond struggled last year, but good for you. All fine. You're going to be playing. If you add that competition, maybe at least it provides you a little bit more production in the pass protection, and it definitely provides you with, I would say, in little situation, more run protection. Number four, Ohio State Sean Wade, cornerback. Here's the deal. Wade made multiple visits towards the SEC, uh, but he also visited Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama, and Virginia Tech. Since... Virginia Tech is losing a cornerback in Caleb Fairley. This would make a ton of sense. But at the same time, the Aggies have a lot of young cornerbacks. They have Elijah Blades. They have Miles Jones, who at six foot four is definitely one of the bigger corners you want. And it's not a massive need. But you look at the production of what Wade brings. What he's also able to do in coverage, especially in man coverage. That's something that I think the SEC is going to need. And you look at some of the names in the SEC conference. You look at Jamar Chase, uh, you look at Seth Williams, you look at Devonta Smith, you look at Jalen Waddle in the slot, who can also play on the outside. You need a top cover man. Jalen Jones, maybe in a year or two, is going to be amazing at the cornerback position for Mike Elko's defense. I would say, for sure, Miles Jones at least has the size to be that good. But you want a middle bit of size and speed? Sean Wade, I think, would be a perfect fit here. I don't know if he would actually come to College Station. This is why he's at the bottom. I feel like of all the players, he would declare more than anyone else. Because if you just look at the production of what Ohio State cornerbacks have done at the NFL level, and stock is all-time high to come out from Columbus, Ohio, and be a first-round draft pick. I mean, let's think about this. What, since 2016, there's been at least one Ohio State cornerback back drafted in the first round? If not 2015, when it was Bradley Roby, if I'm not mistaken, was like the very first of the bunch. So again, I mean, this is a perfect time to come out if you're an Ohio State corner. But if he did want to come, I think Virginia Tech makes a lot of sense because they lost a cornerback. But more importantly, I think A&M would make a ton of sense because if you're getting a true standout corner to come in and compete in the SEC. On to our top three. And all three I could definitely see immediately becoming a factor for Texas A&M. More importantly, are willing to, I think, transfer here. First one, wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown. If you know that last name, it's because his brother Equimius played at Notre Dame a few years back. Now, he was the number two receiver for USC last year behind Michael Pittman Jr., 
And according to a report from The Athletic, St. Brown's father said that he wants to play. He wants one more season. So this is where, if the NCAA allows a waiver, you're getting a big, explosive guy who can win in man coverage, can play on the outside, be a bigger receiver in the slot, and can definitely add a value on multiple levels. The Aggies have lost two of their top receivers in Kendrick Rogers and in Courtney Davis. They were not getting guarantees with the young talent that comes in. Musa Muhammad III is a talented receiver. Guess what? I don't know what he's going to be like at the next level. Damon Demas is a really, really, really talented receiver. Guess what? He could fizzle out. We've seen this happen with top 25 wide receivers. We've seen the three stars become top five picks in the NFL. And we've seen the number one guys in the class never become anything more than just a return man. It happens a lot. So to go get a guy like St. Brown, a guy who wants to play, by the way. Let's just get that out of the way too. It's not a, oh, maybe he will. No, he wants to play. To get him, bring him into the organization, and add another weapon to Kellen Mond's offense. Now you have two tight ends who are highly touted. You have two young receivers who are expected to explode. You have a veteran in Jamon Osmond, and now you have a game changer who can play the outside in a Courtney Davis role in a Monroe St. Brown. This would be a perfect fit. This would be something very interesting I would love to see for the Aggies this upcoming year. That means there's two left. Who are the players? Don't go anywhere. We'll be explaining who they are and why in just a quick moment. You know what else really helps you fit the mold? Staying in shape and by going to the gym. But sometimes you're not always able to make all those breakfast foods before your workout. That's why I like to use Built Bar. Yep, you remember Built Bar. Guess what? We have even more new amazing flavors that include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bakia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, almond apple crisp. They're so good. They're a great treat for the health conscious guy. They help you lose and maintain weight while enjoying a delicious low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber on the go for your keto diet. I mean, take this my favorite flavor, peanut butter, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five net carbs. You're not going to be able to find something like this anywhere else. Plus they have a brand new logo and new packaging. It's all about the logos, baby. So you know you're going to know that this company is putting in the work for you. Go visit BuiltBar.com with the reset of the promo code, and you could possibly get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your next order. So guess what? It's always time to stay in shape, and Built Bar is built to help you get that way. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Make sure you listen live on LockedOnPodcast.com. And make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies and at Mr. Cole Thompson. So, we said there's two more names that could definitely be fits for A&M this year. I'm going to go with the first one. I'm going to go with Journey Brown. Journey Brown for Penn State is electrifying. He is explosive. He has great speed. He has amazing agility. 
He's just another one of these Penn State running backs that's following in the paths of Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley that's eventually going to earn his spot in the NFL and likely become a feature back somewhere. Now, again, this is a guy who you have to see where he's going to find his footing. Does he fit A&M's offense? In a way, no. If you're looking for a more power-heavy run, Isaiah Spiller's got that. And Isaiah Spiller's got some speed. Isaiah Spiller's got a lot of good speed. Also, you went out and got Devin Acme from Fort Bend Marshall this past year, and all he did was light up the field with his running ability. So maybe he doesn't fit as a feature runner. But imagine this guy with Isaiah Spiller, who was the leading back last year, faced with over 1,000 yards in total yards. He's a freshman. You put him and Brown back there. Number one, you take a lot of pressure off of Kellen Mott. You don't have to worry about him being the focal point of that offense. Number two, you allow more reps to be distributed equally. Can you trust DeAndre Jackson and Devin Acme immediately? And Anaya Smith? No, I don't think so. I think that you have to wait and give them reps and see how they perform. With Journey Brown, you're not going to beat Isaiah Spiller into the ground. You're going to have a fresh pair of legs on every drive. You're going to be able to rotate the two in and out and make a lot of smart moves with this offense. And number three, and the big one for me, you can move Anaya Smith back to wide receiver. Smith was fantastic last year at wide receiver. And because of the limited depth that was at AM going into the bowl game, Jimbo Fisher said, Anias, we're playing you at running back. And he did so well, they said, you know what, we're going to keep him at running back for now. Imagine if you can bring him back to wide receiver and play him in the slot. You can move Jamon Osmond on the outside. You can hopefully see Demas step up. Maybe you go get St. Brown. Maybe go get another receiver from the Pac-12 or Big Ten that wants to transfer. This is a pretty scary offense. And it opens up by bringing in a guy like Journey Brown. That's the biggest thing about this entire thing. Is that it lets you bring in a guy like Journey Brown to be successful early on. But number one, this is an easy one. If you've listened to my podcast, if you listen to Locked on Aggies, you know what I think is the biggest, weakest link in Texas A&M football. And it's the tackle position. You got to go out and get the best tackle that's going to be in next year's NFL draft. That is Panay Sewell out of Oregon. Sewell is slated to enter his junior year, and this was going to be a breakout year. What he did last year with Justin Herbert, what he did against SEC competition. Let me just keep this in mind. Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown, two of the best pass rushers, two of the best defensive linemen in the SEC last year, could not get past a sophomore. They could not get past him in that game to begin the year. Bo Nix got lucky last year in that first game. Justin Herbert wasn't lucky. He was good. And he was good because the offensive line was great for Oregon. They had that loss. They had to compete. And guess what? If they didn't lose that game, they're in the college football playoff. And I honestly think the way that Oregon played down the stretch, they would have been a contender. I honestly think that you could have seen them keep up with either LSU or Clemson or Ohio State. And maybe we would have seen things a little differently. I think LSU would have won the game still, but I think Oregon could have been playing them. 
Oregon was that good, and it's because of their offensive line. And Sewell was the leader of that offensive line. I've talked to a lot of different people who are scouting this. He's the number two, number three, or number four player on their big board. Because number one is Trevor Lawrence. Besides that, Sewell's next. You put him on that offensive line with a guy who plays in a more shotgun formation, who likes to run the ball, who likes to play a little more dangerous with his legs, who likes to extend plays on the outside of the pocket, and you get a pass protector like Sewell blocking for you, you can do that. That's the biggest thing about Kellen Mond. Mond may not be a great fit for Jimbo Fisher's offense, but that does not mean he's a bad quarterback. But you get a guy who can pass protect for a guy who likes to do this. One, it shows versatility on Sewell's part. And two, it gives you that protection to allow Mond to play his best ball. Mond plays his best ball. A&M doesn't lose. Again, he is the focal point of the offense. You want the best out of him, you have to play with the best of him. So I'm telling you right now, if there is an NCAA waiver transfer, and there's going to be a ton of teams after this kid, but you got to go out and get Sewell, and you got to add him to that offensive line because it will only make A&M more scary on offense than any other position. That includes any receiver, any running back, any other offensive tackle, any offensive lineman, any player, you immediately boost your stock and boost your credibility in the SEC in a conference that features four of the top 15 teams, by the way. Four. Auburn, Alabama, LSU, A&M. All four in the top 15. There's two in the East. You want to boost your stock? You want to boost your credibility? Add Sewell. If the NCAA allows you to have a transfer, add this kid. Because I promise you, it's only going to make your offense more dangerous. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and make sure you're listening every single day. Subscribe on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We'll be back Monday with an Aggies quiz. I know that that's something people have been looking forward to. See how you can quiz against me if you think you do better. Guess what? I'll have you on the show. You can give me your thoughts, and we'll be breaking down some of the biggest history facts about A&M. Come Monday's show. We'll see you then. And remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.